All right, well, let's, let's pray, let's prepare our hearts, and then we're gonna jump into this together this morning. Last Sunday, we talked about the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, and gospel shoes, feet that are ready to bring the gospel of peace to a world in need. That's what we talked about last Sunday. Today, we're gonna talk about the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And so how about we invite that spirit to come sharpen God's word in our hearts, in our minds today. All right, so Heavenly Father, we come before you one more time. We thank you that you speak truth and you speak life. Jesus, we thank you that you are the word made flesh, that it's about you, it points to you. Jesus, that you put it into action. And Lord, may you put it into action in our lives now today. Holy Spirit, would you come and make this word alive to us? Sharpen our minds, sharpen our hearts that we may hear it and receive it, that it could penetrate deep and take root. God, that it would grow and produce fruit in us. And so, Lord, we thank you for your word. May it come alive in our hearts. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so we're going to jump right into this. I want to read kind of five or six verses that sort of introduce this idea of the battle that we are facing, it's easy to see the physical things around us and, and think that's the battle. But as Paul tells us, there's stuff happening in the spiritual realm and we have a real enemy that wants to defeat us. And there are difficult, evil days that we face, but God has given us what we need to withstand, to stand firm and hold strong, even in the most difficult times. And so here we go, Ephesians chapter six, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. He tells us, take on the whole armor, not just kind of this bit or this piece, the whole armor, be equipped with all that God has for you so you can withstand, not when evil might show up randomly. He makes it pretty clear, evil's gonna be present. There's gonna be difficult times. So be equipped with what God has for you so you can withstand that. And so verses 14 and 15, this is the ground we covered last week. He says, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. May truth be the thing that holds it all together, that anchors us. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness, quit trying to justify yourself to be right and good on your own strength. Lay that down and receive the righteousness of Christ. May he guard your hearts. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Man, when we have received truth into our lives, when we've received the righteousness of God, when we've experienced the peace that comes from being in right relationship with him, reconciled with him, let's be ready to be carriers of that because we have a world that's longing to see justice, to see righteousness, that needs to experience the peace that only comes from the presence of God. So let's be carriers of that. 
So that's what we've covered up to this point. So this morning now, we're jumping in in verse 16. We're talking about the shield of faith. In all circumstances, or other translations might say, above all else, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. I love this. In all circumstances, that means whatever comes my way, when things are good, when things are bad, when things are mediocre, when, when I'm discouraged, when I'm encouraged, whatever circumstances I might find myself in, take up faith. Take up faith. When life is good, let me remember why it's good. I haven't figured it all out and put it all together and it's good because of me. No, I've trusted the Lord and I'm experiencing some goodness and I'm grateful for that. When life is difficult and it's coming at me and it's, it's in my face, all I can see is the evil day and the trouble. Take up faith because God is who he says that he is. He's present and he loves me and he's got me. And so take up faith in all circumstances. This passage also means above all else. It's the implication that in the midst of all the other armor we're gonna put on, faith is sort of the thing that, that is like above it all. And, and here's what I think this means. A shield does something unique. A shield, it moves around a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, like I can crouch down with it. You know, I can lift it up real quick and hide behind it here. I can, I can come down here and block a shot coming at my kneecap. Like it's, it's mobile. And what faith does is it protects all the other areas that come under attack. See, here's the reality. Truth will be attacked at times. And there will be things that want to rip me off from holding on to the truth of who Jesus is and what he's done for me. And so I pull out faith in those moments and say, God, this attack seems real and pretty formidable. And there's reasons to feel like maybe I should question who you are and what you've done, the truth of that. But God, I'm gonna have faith in you and trust that what you have said is true. And so faith protects that. Righteousness. Man, if there's one I've ever battled with, it's that sense that I'm not measuring up. Maybe God's righteousness applied to me, you know, that moment in my life where I knew how broken I was and sinner that I was. And, you know, you remember that salvation moment when you first put your faith in Christ and you were maybe pretty aware of just, God, these are the things that I need your mercy right here. Well, what's happened to me as a believer at times is I go on down the road with the Lord and suddenly when I'm struggling, when I'm sinning, especially if there's like a particular issue that's just sticking with me. You know those areas that just feel like, it's like it's got a, a, a root, a stranglehold. It's, it's that sin that just, man, I don't know if it's an addiction. I don't know if it's just something I, I, I'm drawn to, I'm prone to, but it's just kind of there. You know what I mean? Is that familiar to you guys? And in my walk with the Lord, there's been times where I begin to feel guilty then about some of those things I struggle with. Like, God, I received your righteousness kind of in those early days, but shouldn't I know better by now? Shouldn't, shouldn't my own righteousness start to kick in by now? And the enemy wants to come and sow those lies and sow seeds. Listen, if I met Jesus yesterday or I've been walking with him for 50 years, Friends, it is by faith that I take hold of his righteousness that guards me, that protects me. 
that sees sin defeated, that helps me hold on and trust him in the midst of temptation and struggle. And the enemy wants to sow lies and sow seeds to cause me to question, I don't measure up, he's mad at me. No, God, in faith, I receive your mercy. I accept your righteousness and I hold on. Man, being a carrier of the gospel, I don't know anything else in our Christian walk maybe that requires as much faith as being a carrier of the gospel. I've struggled with everything from being nervous and terrified to talk to somebody about Jesus to feeling like my life doesn't measure up. Maybe I'm not good enough to be sharing that message. How do I tell this person about Jesus when they've seen me do that? Maybe I feel like I just don't know what to say. How do I communicate it well? Listen, we can trust God that as carriers of his gospel, the good news of what he's done in our life, we have faith in him that he'll give us the ability to share truth, to share life. That, yeah, I don't measure up and I don't qualify. That's part of the good news. Hey, you know me and how messed up I am? Well, Jesus still loves me enough to forgive me and take me as his own. So if there's hope for me, there's definitely hope for you, friend. And so in faith, we can be carriers. And listen, we'll talk more about salvation and the word of God in a minute, but those are things that come under attack and faith guards in all of those situations. Now, why is that? Why is faith so significant? Listen, we could spend week after week after week talking about the power of faith, the significance of faith, how it works. But at the simplest level this morning, I wanna make sure that we've got a hold of this truth. All right, faith is about coming like a child. Jesus encouraged us to have childlike faith. What does that mean? What is he talking about? Well, I'll tell you a little bit about what it means to me. When I was a child, I had faith that my parents had it all figured out for us. I wasn't worried about food being on the table. I wasn't worried about being protected. When I looked at my dad, it was like, he's got it. My dad can fix anything, do anything. I mean, when you're that little kid, your dad is just like this towering figure. And I was really sure that my dad could definitely beat up your dad. That's, that's childlike faith. I just, there's all these things beyond me that I don't understand, but I trust that my dad's got it. I trust that when I'm hurt, my mom can fix it. There's just that sense of trust. And see, here's, here's what Jesus is letting us into. It's why he said you could have faith that's like the size of a mustard seed, this tiny little thing. The weapon of faith is not about the size of our faith. It's about the object of our faith. Am I putting my faith in something that can accomplish what I need it to accomplish? When I was a kid, I put my faith in my parents. They were imperfect but I have a perfect heavenly father. And one of the things that Isaiah assures us about is the confidence that we can have in God to trust him. Check this out, Isaiah 28, verse 16. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, behold, I am the one who has laid as a foundation in Zion, a stone, a tested stone. Man, that, that means this thing is strong. It's secure. It's ready to do the job. It's a precious cornerstone. It's a sure foundation. Now, I love this. What does he say about this sure foundation, this precious stone that we have that we can rely upon? 
that whoever believes will not be in haste. That word haste, it means uh, to be excited, not, not like happy excited, like a nervous excited, disturbed, anxious, dismayed. When I'm worried, when I'm feeling overwhelmed, when I'm anxious, the truth is when I believe not that my faith is strong enough, when I believe that my king is strong enough, that he is the sure foundation, that he is the solid rock on which I stand, when I believe that truth, it settles my heart. When I, when I hold on to that truth, when I decide to say, Lord, I'm gonna trust in you to be the faithful one in this circumstance, in this situation, he settles my heart. He calms my anxieties. He's the strong foundation. Now listen, it's important that we understand another truth about Jesus. He's big enough, he's strong enough, he's our solid rock on which he stand, on which we stand. There's another reason we can trust him as our shield because that's exactly how he's operated for you and for me. He has operated as our shield. Isaiah describes this in a couple of places, but check this out in Isaiah 50, verses six and seven. This portion of Isaiah is talking about that suffering servant, talking about Jesus in advance. I gave my back to those who strike and my cheeks to those who pull out the beard. I hid not my face from disgrace and spitting. I mean, it's like Isaiah had a front row seat to the things Jesus was experiencing during his, his time of betrayal and the trial. He was beaten and abused, crucified for us. But the Lord God helps me. Therefore, I have not been disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint. There's that same picture of him being a strong rock. And I know that I shall not be put to shame. Friends, Jesus is our shield because he's taken the hits for us. Because he stood right there in our place and said, I'll take that on. He's our shield. He's strong enough to handle it and he's not afraid to handle it. He doesn't say good luck out there on your own. He says, come and hide yourself in me. I'll be your refuge. I'll be your strong tower. I'll be your shield. I'm willing to take those hits. I've got a strong back. I'm willing to set my face and face the enemy. And because he takes the hit for us, his victory is certain. He stands in confidence and in victory. And because he stands in victory, we do too. Look at the next two verses, eight and nine. He who vindicates me is near. Who will contend with me? Let us stand up together. Who is my adversary? Let him come near to me. Behold, the Lord God helps me. Who will declare me guilty? Behold, all of them will wear out like a garment and the moth will eat them up. You hear that? The adversary, the enemy, he's not gonna last. The attacks that we're under, they won't stand forever. They'll wear out. I don't necessarily like the fact that the tone of Ephesians 6 is a little bit more of an endurance tone than a, hey, we're gonna strike one time and have quick victory. Like kind of the general tone of Ephesians 6 is stand, 
keep standing, stand some more, withstand. Most of the armor is about defense, right? It's just a posture of kind of taking the tack, even the shield, right? It's, it's kind of a defense. But Jesus is saying, listen, you can hold on and endure because victory in me is sure. I, I am the rock that will not fail. My salvation for you, it's everlasting. The victory I've won, it is a sure thing. And he says, the other thing that is sure is that whatever battle you're facing today, it will have an end. It will have an end. This struggle. See, I, th- I believe for many of us, yes, we're, we're living in the midst of COVID-19 and all the implications of that. And there's some major battles and challenges in that. But I believe many of us are facing other battles on top of that. And in some ways it almost, we almost don't see each other as much. We don't recognize other things we might be facing because we're aware of this kind of one big thing. But, but maybe there's other things that we're struggling with. It could be marriages, it could be financial things. Maybe I was already feeling lonely and isolated. This has only multiplied that. Whatever battle you're facing, the Lord wants you to know he's got you. He's the firm foundation that you're standing on while you withstand. He is the shield that will take the hits for you. And his promise to you is, I can take the hits as long as they keep coming. That enemy will fail. This battle will have an end. It will wear out. Hold on. Endure. Trust me. That's the message of faith, that we can hold on. All right. Number two, the helmet of salvation. Really simply, the beginning of verse 17 says, and take the helmet of salvation, put it on. May it guard your mind. May it guard you, may it protect you. Put on salvation like a helmet. Now we read this passage last week, focusing on the breastplate of righteousness. And we noted that there were elements in the book of Isaiah that are exactly what Paul is describing in Ephesians 6 and that Jesus wears them. He's the one wearing the breastplate of righteousness. He's the one that's got the belt of truth. And here in Isaiah 59, 17, we see he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on garments of vengeance for clothing and wrapped himself in zeal as a cloak. He is the strong one that brings salvation. It's his helmet of salvation that he now says, you can take this up. What what does that mean to us? Well, I think one of the things it means to us is that we now have, as Paul describes in 1 Corinthians, the mind of Christ. I exchange all of my thinking and my doubts and my questioning and my insecurities and all the things I wrestle with up here. Those are real. And they, they come, I face them. Man, I woke up this morning facing that for some reason. I don't know why. It just was one of those mornings that, that was real and present. But God says, take this helmet of salvation that I offer you and put it on that it would guard your mind. Put on the mind of Christ, the one who brings salvation. Remember how the scripture describes the body of Christ. Are any of us the head That position belongs to Jesus. 
He's the head. I don't know if I'm the nose, maybe the pinky finger. I'm not sure what my part is, what your part is. We're all parts of the body, but there's one head. And so part of the power of putting on the helmet of salvation is letting the head be the head. Let him be the one that directs and leads and guides. And I can take the position of, God, I'll I'll be the humble thumb. (laughs) I'll be the kneecap, whatever it is. Lord, I'm trusting you to lead. Would you guard my mind because I'm putting on the mind of Christ. I'm letting you be the head. You lead me into salvation. Now watch Watch what happens as we let Jesus lead us into salvation, as we choose to say, God, I'm taking hold of this salvation that you give me and I'm letting it protect me. Watch this, Isaiah 26, verses three and four. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Because he trusts you, see how all these work together, there's faith again. Because he trusts in you, trust in the Lord forever. For the Lord God is an everlasting rock. Friends, one of the enemy's primary places of attack is in the battlefield of our mind. He loves to sow seeds of discouragement, doubt, anxiety, fear, distraction. I mean, the list goes on and on, the things that we face. It's a battlefield. But Jesus says, let the reality of who I am and what I've done for you protect you. Salvation. Guys, we, we are meant to have a sense, a deep sense of security because of what Jesus has done for us. Now listen, this is about eternity. Yes, thank God that in the temporary realities of this day, I can know that long-term Jesus has me, that I'll be in his presence forever, that he's secured a place for me in heaven. I'm grateful for that. And there are times where I just need to hold on to that future reality of salvation. But listen, friends, Jesus saves us every day. He shows up in my life today to rescue and save me. Sometimes he's rescuing me, not from enemy attacks of doubt, He's rescuing me from my own error, my own sin, my own struggle. Me kind of setting aside his mind and deciding this is what I've got in mind today. We're heading here. We're doing this. And sometimes I need his rescuing and saving to protect me from my own leadership and my own ideas instead of trusting in him. At other times, I am trusting him, walking with him, but man, the the attack feels so real. The doubts feel so real. But he guards us and protects us by saying, I'm present with you today. I'm your savior alive right here, right now, today. I ever live to intercede on your behalf. I intervene into the circumstances of your life. And so I I love this. I would encourage you to read through Isaiah chapter 33 later. But but check this out. I've, I've pulled some verses from Isaiah chapter 33. I'm gonna read verses two, verses five and six, and verse 22. They're they're in the notes if you wanna check them out later. But look at the peace that comes when we, we kind of wear his salvation daily as protection. Check this out. Verse two, O Lord, be gracious to us. We wait for you. Be our arm every morning. Our salvation in the time of trouble. 
God, may today be like a brand new day of salvation. God, I need that sense of a new start, new mercy, fresh forgiveness today. God, I need that sense of your saving presence as I face this difficulty, this struggle, this battle that I'm in. And so, Lord, I need to see your arm strong on my behalf today. And he shows up. Verse five, the Lord is exalted for he dwells on high. He will fill Zion with justice and righteousness. I love this next phrase. And he will be the stability of your times. That, that was for me this week. And all the study and preparation for this morning, that just leapt off the page at me. And I just felt like the Lord was saying, buddy, I am your stability in these times, right here today. Things feel so unstable. It's hard to know what to do personally as a, as a husband, as a father. It's hard to know what to do um, trying to help lead our church but he just reminded me, buddy, you don't have to be the rock. I'm the rock. I'm the one that's the stability in your times. What does that stability look like? Abundance of salvation. He rescues me over and over and over again. He never gets tired of it. He rescues me. There's an abundance of salvation. Now remember, the helmet of salvation guards our mind. So there's abundance of being rescued when I'm off track or when I'm being lied to or I'm being distracted. But what else does that stability bring? Wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is Zion's treasure, meaning I'm reverencing him. I'm putting him on the throne. I'm looking to him and he provides salvation, wisdom, knowledge as I need. Verse 22 for the Lord is our judge, the Lord is our lawgiver, the Lord is our king, he will save us. I'm thankful for the daily protection in times of trouble. I'm grateful that he is the stability of our times. That's the helmet of salvation, security and protection for our mind as we move forward in life. Finally, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Ephesians six seventeen. This is the only armor described here that by nature is designed for offense, not defense. The others protect, this one is for the fight. This is the one that we grab hold of and we use it to fight. Isaiah says this about the word of God. Isaiah 55, 11. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. It is a really good weapon. It works. It accomplishes the goals that God sets it to. His word is strong and it's sure and it succeeds in its purpose. And so what do we do with it? Isaiah 50, verse four. The Lord God has given me the tongue of those who are taught. So before I speak, I'm taught that I may know how to sustain with the word him who is weary. 
Morning by morning, he awakens. He awakens my ear to hear as those who are taught. So God's word is strong and it's powerful and it accomplishes its task. And so my participation with this is to have that morning by morning mentality that I take it in so that it can go forth and be strong. Listen, friends, the presence of a sword doesn't mean it's gonna do anything. If the Bible to me is just an object that sits on display in my house, on my dashboard, on the mantle, that might be the sharpest, strongest thing ever. But if it just sits there, it's accomplishing nothing. I can only speak the word if I know it. Did you notice in both passages, the word is being described as something that is spoken? Okay, so in Isaiah 55, 11, the Lord was saying his word goes out and it accomplishes something. In Isaiah 50, my tongue is the tongue of one who has been taught. So if I'm gonna speak the word, I have to first take it in. Not only is the sword not meant to be a prop that's just sitting there accomplishing nothing. Listen, friends, this matters. A sword is dangerous in the hands of the unskilled. Many of us know just enough of the word to hurt some people, to slap some other people around, or maybe even to harm ourselves. But the, the sword in the hand of one who is skilled in it, man, it's, it's masterful. It protects. See, a sword, a sword protects those it needs to protect. Defend those that need to be defended. Defeat those who need to be defeated. It strikes down the enemy. A sword in the hand of the skilled. Listen, friends, we're meant to be familiar with the sword. Now, I, I don't say that to make any of us feel shamed or guilty or discouraged about where we sit. The truth is, even when you've walked with the Lord for a long time, you'll realize areas you still need to grow. <laughs> There's some sharpening with my skills that still need to happen. But let's purpose in our hearts to be people who know how to handle the word of God. I love the description that John gives in 1 John chapter 1, verse 1, when he's gonna unpack in his letter to the church like, hey, we're about to talk to you about the word of God and listen, listen to what he says about the word. John, 1 John 1, 1. There's a bunch of ones there. 1 John 1, 1. That which was from the beginning, which we've heard, which we've seen with our eyes, that which we have looked upon, that's like a steady gaze, like it holds my attention, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. Friends, we, we hear God's word. Maybe for many of us, that's a good starting point. Like, like I need to be hearing people who, who can teach me some things, who can help me to understand what it is that I'm reading. I, I remember the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts who's riding along the road and he's reading the book of Isaiah. He's like, man, I'm reading it, but I don't get it. And, and the Lord brought Philip right along on his path to open up the word to him so he could understand it, to be taught. Some of us, we need to hear it and we need some help and some guidance to hear it. For others of us, we've heard it and we're starting to get it and it's time to start using our eyes to look at God's word. 
not just trusting in the teaching or leading of someone else, but, but lean in ourselves. And so as I began to look at it, it moves into this place of really capturing my gaze. It's got my attention. I, I behold it. I soak it in. And then after hearing, after seeing, after soaking in it, then what happens? I learn how to handle that word of truth. It becomes familiar to me. I know how to draw upon the truth and the reality of who God is and what he says. And I can see how it applies in my life, how it operates right here, right now. See, the bottom line is in every single one of these phases of learning the word of God, we have a teacher that's present. That's the Holy Spirit's role. He is our teacher and our guide. He leads us into all truth. He reminds us of things we've already read. He helps us understand things we're currently reading that we don't understand. He teaches and he guides us. Isaiah talks about this, and what's funny is he's kind of looking into, into the future, looking for this teacher, this guide. We now have him. Isaiah 30, verses 20 through 22. And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, so even when things are really, really difficult, maybe God's even allowing you to go through a really difficult time, yet your teacher will not hide himself anymore, but your eyes shall see your teacher, and your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. You know how we walk forward and progress in the midst of the battle? We have a teacher and a guide who is present, who will help us see him, who will help us hear his voice, and he will guide us in the way to walk in it. When you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. Verse 22, how do we start striking down the enemy? Then you will defile your carved idols overlaid with silver, and your gold-plated metal images. You will scatter them as unclean things. You will say to them, be gone. Friends, some of the most real enemies that we face are the idols of our current generation and the ones that maybe we haven't even realized we've brought home. And we've given things power that are actually enemies. Roosting right here, roosting right here that take hold. And God says, I want to vanquish those enemies. I want to set you free from those idols that will destroy, that will rip you off from having peace with me, from having victory, from standing firm. My sword will defeat those enemies. If you hear my voice, I will guide you in the way that you can walk in and you will find a voice that says to that thing, be gone be defeated. I think one of the great kind of blindnesses that we face as the church is we too quickly assume in any given moment we know who the enemy is. I respond quickly and emotionally and think that's the enemy right there. It's that person, it's that idea, it's that thing. But listen, if we would come to our God in faith, the one who is our salvation, who rescues us daily. And we would ask him, God, would you be my teacher and my guide? Would you take your word and make it come alive in my life? 
And Lord, would you help me to see and recognize how to walk in this moment that he would reveal to us the real enemy that we're facing in the day of trouble. And he would give us a sense of direction. How can I speak to such things? And we could experience freedom right at home. And then all the things we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks, we can be carriers of that to a world in need. I can bring a sword that helps set other people free because I can bring truth and life and freedom and I can cut through all of the darkness that would blind us to the hope that is in Jesus. All of the darkness that would keep us from seeing the glorious light that wants to shine a light for the prisoners. God wants to bring the gospel of peace to a world in need. He wants to see us endure, have victory, be guarded and protected by his salvation, have faith to trust him through all these things, and to be people who know how to handle the word of God so we can experience victory in our lives and can help bring it into the lives of others. That's what it means to take up the whole armor of God. I want to encourage you guys as I'm going to close and pray, you know, looking back over these last couple of weeks, we just encourage you to sit with the Lord, whether it's in this moment for, for a few minutes here or you purpose to find some time later and just, just think over just these few short verses in Ephesians and just ask him, Lord, how do I put this on? You're, you're my protector. I mean, one of the things I hope you've seen throughout all of this is he really is the armor. <laughs> He's truth. He's the righteous one. It's his salvation that I take on. I'm putting my faith in him. He's the shield. He's the word made flesh. He's the sword. God, how do I take you on in my life in such a way that I'm guarded, that I'm protected, that I can endure? God, is there even a particular item here where it's starting to become clear to me, Lord, you're, you're showing me I haven't really taken up that piece of armor. God, you, you want me to grab hold of some faith that maybe I haven't had. And so I'll bring that little mustard seed faith I got and trust you. Lord, the truth is I'm unfamiliar with handling your word. It's time for me to pick that thing up and, and begin to learn how to use it. I don't know what it might be, but invite him to show you and trust him that, that he will that he will show you and he will be strong in your life and that we can take him on and be fully equipped to face the evil day because he truly is the stability of our time. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your great love for us, for your presence in our lives and in this world. Jesus, we thank you that you are our great savior our source of truth, the righteous one who has reconciled us so we can be in right standing with God, so we can receive peace. Thank you, God, that you guard and protect us and save us. Lord, would you guard our minds? God, may we have faith to trust you that you've got it. You've got us. Help us to take up your sword, to be familiar with it, that we would see freedom in our lives and we'd be carriers of the gospel of peace.
that when they see us coming, the world doesn't see an angry Christian waving a sword at them. They see someone willing to stand beside them and help them experience the gospel of peace. Jesus, we love you. We need you. We worship you. We thank you that you are our stability in all times. And we're grateful for that, especially in this time. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Bless you, friends. Bless you guys. Thanks for worshiping with us today. We'll see you soon.